Welcome to Kinetic Conversations. I'm Jim Sparrow. Our guest today is Cameron Baisden. Cameron, after performing career with the Joffrey Ballet, served as ballet master and co-associate director of that company and director of dance at Interlochen Center for the Arts. Cameron was a muse for Gerald Arpino in the creation of his ballets and danced in a variety of styles by many noted choreographers. She also worked on the PBS filming for their Dance in America series of billboards and oversaw the filming and staging of the ballets in Save the Last Dance. Her television credits include the Dance in America series Homage to Diaghilev and The Search for the Rite of Spring. She portrayed herself in Robert Altman's movie The Company. While continuing her role as master instructor and repetiteur, Basden serves on the board of the Arpino Foundation, the City of Miami Arts and Entertainment Council, the advisory board for Dance Now Miami, the Cultural Arts Committee for the World Out Games Miami 2017, and is founder of Bayesden Enterprises, a not-for-profit organization to promote dance, visibility, and growth in South Florida. She is the dance writer for Miami Art Zine and Art Burst Miami, and founder and artistic director of the Miami Dance Hub, an organization to unify dancers and to provide a resource for all dance-related endeavors in South Florida. Cameron, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. You've had a varied and exciting career. Tell us how you got started on that journey. Oh, wow. Well, I started dancing when I was very young. My mother, like many young students or young kids, uh, she put me in ballet classes. And I just felt very, very at home in the studio. I loved the atmosphere. I loved working on the steps. I loved the technique. It was sort of, I feel like I had found my place. And uh, I was very fortunate to have have the ability to sort of progress in that direction. So as you mentioned, you've been dancing since you were a child, and then you had a professional career. I think for a lot of people, they uh, grew things in life, and as they age and are experienced, they have takeaways that the little bit of distance gives them perspective Mm -hmm. on. So as a dancer, now that you're no longer performing professionally, what are some of those takeaways now you have some distance? Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, I love using dance, and what I teach my students and anyone I work with really is that that uh, choreography classes, the work that you do is a means to an end. I mean, ultimately we have a lot of technique. We learn with our bodies. We learn all of these steps and vocabulary, but the higher goal is to create magic, to take people with you on that journey. So it's not just something you do yourself, but it's something that you want other people to participate and to feel and to be inspired by what you do. So in your bio, obviously you've done a lot in dance besides dance. Did you think that was something you'd be doing when you started out on this journey or as a young dancer? No, not at all. Um, I mean, I think when when you first start to dance, all you want to do is dance. And that's what I wanted to do. And I, I was very fortunate to uh, work with my instructor, with the Russian training that I got and going to New York and certainly uh, my time with the Joffrey and being influenced by so many wonderful people that had such strong voices in their career. And I feel like all of those elements have enabled me to learn and to keep going with what I do in the field where I now write, I direct, I produce, I teach, and I teach others to do what I used to do as a dancer. But I feel like that everything has kind of culminated in this process. And what about uh, yourself have you discovered in those new areas that you didn't know about when you were 17 or 18 years old that now you're thinking, I'm actually good at this and I like doing this part? Oh, wow. And, um, 
It's very funny. I, there's a saying in the dance world that by the time you have gotten your artistry together and your maturity and your roles and the acting ability, your technique is starting to waffle a little bit. It's not at the top <laughs> of its game anymore. So I, I'm very glad that I've been able to kind of keep learning and keep going. And um, again, I feel like that everything I've done has kind of added to that and helped me to go to the places that I now am. As a member of Joffrey Ballet, what are some of the takeaways from that experience that maybe you weren't aware of when you were dancing, that you look back in retrospect and think, wow, that was just an amazing time? When I joined the Joffrey, I had been a very, very classical ballet dancer and um, went to New York in the summer times, studying at the School of American Ballet. And I didn't really know that much about the Joffrey, but I'd heard about it. And once I saw the Joffrey perform, they weren't performing in New York in the summertime, so I had never seen them, but they were dancing in Houston, and I'm from Dallas. So we took a trip to see the Joffrey, and the first ballet that they did was Sir Frederick Ashton's A Midsummer Night's Dream. It was very classical, very lovely. And then the last ballet on the program was this very hip unitard. They had a rock band in the pit. It was loud, and it was by Gerald Arpino, and the ballet was called Trinity. And it was, they were jumping and fast and moving through the air. It was very sexy. And the same girl that had done the lead in A Midsummer Night's Dream was the lead in Trinity. And it opened my eyes because I was such a ballet bunhead. It opened my eyes that dance could be anything. And I became, I fell in love with the Joffrey at the time. And fortunately for me, my career took me that direction. But what I always loved about being in the Joffrey was the fact that that company, while everybody was very classically trained, very clearly trained, the company did much, they did everything. They did classical ballets, they did contemporary ballets, they did offbeat ballets, they did Twyla Tharp. We did a little bit of everything. And I think in a funny way that that became the mold for what dance is today and what we see on the stages now. And I think at that time, being a dancer in the company, I didn't realize that that was happening, but it's what I loved. And when I look back now, I say, my goodness, they were really paving the way for what was to come. And Mr. Joffrey, I think he really had a very strong foresight about what was going to happen in the future. So how old were you when that experience happened? Um, I was in my late, well, when I got into the company, I was in my late teens. But I think probably later on, you know, after I got into my 20s and 30s, then I started realizing, wow, we were, this was a very impactful time in the time of dance. It was when, you know, modern and ballet kind of merged together. And now, of course, we know that all companies do everything. They, they roll on the floor and they dance barefooted, but we were doing it already. And I think that I didn't even realize that at the time. So in your bio, they talk about you as a muse for a choreographer or being used as a vessel. A lot of thoughts go through people's heads as to what that really means. What does that actually mean? Well, I'll go back one step before that. When I got into the Joffrey Ballet, um, the company had just traveled to Mexico and everyone was sick. I was dancing in Joffrey too, so I was not in the company yet. And everybody was sick to their stomach. And so there were many, many roles that they needed to be filled. And they brought me into the company from Joffrey too. And every night I did a different role on the stage. So I was kind of a quick study. I enjoyed learning. And I think that uh, Mr. Arpino and Mr. Joffrey identified with that and understood and saw. We had a sort of a relationship. They saw that I could sort of grasp information. So um, as my career with the Joffrey kind of unfolded, um, and very early on, Arpino and I started working together. And we spent time in the studio many, many hours in the creation of numerous of his ballets 
because I could understand what he wanted and he knew that I would just, I was young enough to just keep working and keep going for what he wanted me to deliver. And so we spent a lot of time together and just figuring things out, a movement quality, a dynamic. He was very, very astute when it came to the essence of movement. And he spent a long time working with me on that, but we had a very good rapport with each other and we understood each other quite well. So when I say amuse for Arpino, I could manifest, I guess, much of what he wanted to create. That doesn't necessarily mean that I always did all the roles, <laughs> which I, I'm, but I did get to get the opportunity to work on many of his ballets. So following up with that, you've obviously worked with Gerald Arpino. You talked about that mm -hmm. um, with Robert Joffrey and others. Mm -hmm. Which of the creatives and choreographers did you like working with the best and why? I was very, very fortunate to work with very, very many people. And that's kind of why I love the Joffrey so much, because it was a very eclectic type of company. It wasn't just a classical company. It wasn't a contemporary company. We had to do everything. And that's what was quite wonderful about being with the Joffrey. So I was able to work with many, many types of choreographers. Um, I mean, Twyla Tharp and Mark Morris and Paul Taylor, God rest his soul. He was a, a magnificent person to work with and they all had a different voice. But I have to say that maybe because I was so close to him, I enjoyed working with Mr. Arpino so much because he had such a very creative eye for movement quality. And, um, and I just, I understood him very well. I knew I could almost understand what he wanted. And I really, really enjoyed the time we spent together in the studio as a dancer and as a choreographer. It propelled my career first and foremost, but I also just loved the ability that it gave me to take what I had learned with him and from him into other work that I did with other choreographers. Well, connections and partnerships with people can be really special. They can make great things mm -hmm. happen. And yes. one of those connections that many of us have, and you alluded to it in your career, is the relationship of teacher and mentor. Mm -hmm. As a teacher or as a mentor, what do you feel is most important to impart to a young dancer or someone who's in your tutelage? Um, I try very much as a mentor or a teacher to not only train technique and vocabulary as a, an instructor, but also to impart that this vocabulary and this technique is a means to an end, that you have to work at it. It's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. You have to work very, very hard at it, but it is a tool to take you somewhere else, to take the audience somewhere else, to take whoever's watching you somewhere else. It's a, it's a means to an end. It's not the ends all to end all by just doing the steps. And that's one of the things that I try to impart to students and to anybody that, that I work with that it, it's something that you, you're not a person on the external side of it, you're in it, you're of it, and you need to be one with what you're doing. And that mindset, is it something that has evolved or is something that you were taught early on and you've just learned and believed in that sort of philosophy as you teach? I think it's something that I learned as I evolved, you know, as a young dancer, you know, you just want to dance and be good. And that's what you do as a dancer. But I think as you mature and as you learn more, you learn that the role is about more than that. It's not just the steps. It's about what you bring to the role, even if it's not a role with a story, but it's a movement quality. It's an essence of movement. It's a spirit. It's a passion that you want to impart to what you dance. So one of the other roles that we learned in your bio in terms of what you've done is you've been an advocate for dance and for mm -hmm. the arts. I try. <laughs> so talk a little bit about maybe where you see the field now and maybe more about the good and what concerns you. 
Yeah. One of the great things about dance is that we see it on TV, we hear about it. I mean, dance is all over the place, and that's really wonderful. And that I think with dancers in the field, there are more of them than ever. And there are a lot of places that one can dance and a lot of levels of dance, very classical, very contemporary. There's hip hop and everything else under the sun. There are cruise ships and you can dance everywhere. And I think that's really, really great. I think that what can be easily lost in this plethora of dance that exists now is that dance really is a skill. It's a technique. It's something that you work very, very hard at. And there's no easy way to do it. You do have to work at it. And the stronger your foundation of technique, of skill, of vocabulary, the stronger that is, the more you're able to do anything else that you do, regardless of what type of dancing it is. And I think sometimes that can be easily lost because people want to, they want to go from the bottom level way to the top level and they don't want to do all the steps in between. And I think you will become a better dancer and and actually a better person because you'll understand it better um, ultimately. Since it is a performing art, uh, like other performing arts, often we become familiar with those things we've seen the most frequently. And there's nothing wrong with a Swan Lake or with a Cinderella. Those are wonderful pieces. But one of the challenges of performing arts is making sure someone has an opportunity to see something or be a part of something enough to really begin to connect with it. Yes. How do you see the field grappling with that challenge? Oh, that's, that's like the million-dollar question right there. I think that everybody that says trying to figure that out. But I do think the more people know about what they're seeing and understand it, and the more they know what's involved, you know, you see something on TV and you think that it's so easy. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work to do it. It takes a lot of years, actually. It just doesn't, it's not given to you and it happens like one day yes and one day no. And I think the more people know and the more they understand and the more education they have and the more that they open their eyes to what's out there and not only educate themselves, but also allow themselves to feel that it's not just something that's external, but it's something that does something to your soul, to your insides and allows that to happen and to know that that's okay to happen. And you can laugh if you want to laugh and you can applaud, but that you're also part of it. You're not the audience is sitting over here and the stage is over there, that there's that we're all in this together. So as a dancer, a former director and administrator in a certain capacity with Interlochen, you're looking at the field and the institutions that make up the field right now. Do you feel there's anything that in retrospect or having had that experience that perhaps the field's missing or the institutions maybe should focus more attention on? I think just that there is a foundation that one needs to work on and that keeping alive the many, many different fields of dance and that it's out there and that people know that they are out there. And that's one of the things that I'm working on with the Miami Dance Hub is sort of just letting people know the information. It's out there. It can be part of your life. It's not something that's external or that just happens uh, that you don't know about, just making people more aware and more part of it, I think. As I've talked to other dancers who talk about their career and why they like to dance, many of them talk about they love the feeling of movement. They love the way Mm -hmm. they feel moving. Mm -hmm. Is that really what you miss most about being a dancer? Or is there something else that you look back on and think, this is really what I I either miss or what I loved about being a dancer? Hmm. I think what I love the most about being a dancer, I mean, I love the dancing part of it and the technique and the work and all that. But I always loved being in the theater And I think that that's something that I still am able to do. I'm not doing it as a dancer. I'm doing it in a different capacity. But um, I loved being in the theater, and I loved the feel of the theater, and I loved the people. I love the people that are so passionate about what they do, and they work so hard at it. 
And um, in their various ways, everyone is different. And I think that's what's so exciting about the field is that there are many, many different types of voices that come together to create the magic that you see on the stage. But I have always loved being in the theater and loving the atmosphere of the theater and the ambiance and the, and the people that surround the theater, both on the stage and off the stage. And I think it's a very, very special world that, going back to the other question, that I think everybody needs to experience and understand because it's something that's really quite wonderful. And I don't think people understand what that wonderful is until they investigate it and are open to trying it out. So you talked a little bit earlier about aspects of your career. Obviously, you've done a lot of things. Is there anything that you haven't done that you would like to do next? (laughs) I was looking at that question and I was wondering if that was, uh, I don't think that there's something that I just need to do. (laughs) I feel like that I really... No dance bucket list. No, I don't think so. I feel like that there's, I mean, I I love traveling. I've always loved, I love the memories that I have. And, you know, you look back and you think, oh gosh, I shouldn't have done that. But I I really look back and say, yeah, all of that added up to what I'm doing now. And I'm very thankful to be doing it. I still love to keep doing what I'm doing. And um, I just want to see what opportunities are out there and sort of investigate them and not be afraid to take the step, you know, and try something new or try something else and add to more. There's nothing I want to do that I haven't done, but I want to keep experiencing what I can experience. Well, Cameron, thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much. That's our show, brought to you by the Fort Wayne Ballet and with the support of University of St. Francis. Our guest today was Cameron Baisden, and my co-producers are Madison Cafaro and John Dawkins. To learn more about the ballet and hear our podcast, please visit us at fortwayneballet.org. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow, and thank you for listening to Kinetic Conversations. <laughs>